Hello, hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Dr. Kirsty Seawood, behavior scientist and body image healing coach. Each week, I'll bring to you wisdom and insights from my lived experience and my decade of coaching in the health, nutrition, and wellness space. My gift to the world and to you is how deeply I can see and understand you. You can expect raw, vulnerable, and powerful content. My commitment to you is that I will not hold back. The wisdom I share is to help you cultivate self-awareness, reconnect with your body, deepen the most important relationship you have, the one with yourself, and to help you step into the most radiant and authentic version of you. You are worthy. You are enough. I am so grateful you're here right now. Let's begin. Hello, hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to yet another podcast episode. I am, as always, so grateful that you are here right now listening. Today, I do have a special guest. Josh and I connected via Instagram over 12 months ago, and it was actually so surreal that we caught up to record this episode. Josh Hillis is an eating skills coach who is helping people really transform their relationship with food. He has accumulated over 20 years of coaching experience and authored not one, but two books. In this episode, we dive into Josh's journey from fitness and meal plans to studying psychology to better support his clients, why food becomes the go-to way to manage stress in our daily lives, and how using a skills-based approach, not a diet-based approach, allows people to create a new relationship with their bodies and with food. I really, really enjoyed speaking with Josh and recording this episode, and I hope you get so much out of it. Let's dive in. Hello, Josh. It is so nice to catch up with you finally. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) So, so good. Um, It's so cool. It's so cool. We, for everyone listening, Josh and I connected on Instagram. We were just discussing, I reckon, at least over 12 months ago maybe even two years ago. And yeah. this, this is finally happen, finally happening. So I'm here and it's midday our time in Newcastle here. And Josh, where are you? And what time is it there? Um, I am in Morro Bay, California, and it is 7 p.m. Yeah. So, yeah. The day before. <laughs> <away>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the day before. <laughs> so I'm wait. Stoked. So so I'm 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 in the future or I'm in the past. You're in the past. I'm yeah. in the past. Wow. <laughs> I'm can in the future. Can you tell me what happens? <laughs> I can. I can. So this has been a long time, like back and forth. We've been following each other for quite a while, and it's so great to finally um, be doing this today because you have a lot to share. And I swear every time you post something, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Um, So do you want to start by sharing who you are, what you do and where you got to where you are today? Yeah. Um, uh, So my name is Josh Hillis. I am a coach um, and an author. Uh, I've written two books um, and I've been coaching for about 20 years um, and so I, I guess that's a good entry point into how, like how I got here. Um, I started off in fitness and, um, I was, uh, doing martial arts. I was like the most uncoordinated and weakest person in every martial art I ever tried to do, um, until I got a really good coach. And I was like, this is amazing. I was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to like pay that forward. And so, um, I became a personal trainer and thought I would like teach people how to, be more coordinated and stronger and everyone that I got wanted to lose weight. Mm. And so I was like, Oh, so I guess I'm actually in the weight loss business. And, um, I worked with a fitness company that, um, had registered dietitians that provided meal plans. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. That'll fix everything for everyone. And, uh, for most people it didn't. Right. Um, there was a very small slice of people that could just like get a plan and follow it. And, um, so I started to try and like, exp- I, like e- even back then I was trying to figure out, I was like, how can I make this work for more people? And so I tried to expand it and I was like, okay, calorie counting seems to work for more people than having like a set rigid amount, like, like you have to eat this meal, mm-hmm. but still it wasn't helping that many, but still it was like this like small slice of people. And so I was trying to figure out like, okay, the people that can do it, what are they doing? And the people that like are struggling with it, what aren't they doing? And that's where I got into like quote habit coaching. Yeah. And um, and that was cool. And like that was so cool that made a difference for so many more people that I wrote a book about it. Um, 
And I had this great coaching business and I had this book and everything was cool. I thought I was doing the great thing. Like, oh, look at how many more people I can help. Um, but, you know, then there's like this moment where a client sits down and says, hey, um, you know, like we're working on these habits and I'm keeping a food journal, but like I just can't make myself um, like I just can't stop eating at night. Mm. Right. Like, what do you have for that? And I didn't have anything, you know, I'm like, there isn't like an easy habit for like, you know? Yeah. Like and, um, it, there's no, just habit to get rid of that. Right. And yeah. How, how's that experience as a coach to be like, Oh, I'm, I'm stumped in a way like, and sit with that, I guess that uncomfortable feeling of, of, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything right now to provide you. It, it sucked. Mm-hmm. Right. Like mm-hmm. it sucked a lot. Like it was, it was one of those things where like it started from being like, uh, from like kind of hurting my soul to be like, I have no idea how to help you mm-hmm. to all of a sudden this like widening realization of, Hey, wait, there's different flavors of that everywhere. I don't know how to help the person that like can't stop snacking in the afternoon. I don't know how to stop the person that's like, Oh, you know, like when there's a deadline coming up. And I'm like, there's this whole world of people that I can't help. And it's actually probably most people. And um, so that's when I kind of changed course completely and um, started studying psychology, um, like mm-hmm. started reading like pop psychology books and then started reading research and started trying to read like psychology textbooks and then going like, wait, I actually don't have enough background to really understand any of this. Mm-hmm. And um, that's when I started going to school for psychology. Amazing. And um, yeah, and and so like that's um, that's kind of where I got here. I ended up working with some great people. I've had some great professors, um, and uh, I've started collecting like um, a certain perspective from contextual behavioral science that I apply to a lot of research on specific eating behaviors. And that that kind of coming together um, with a little bit of self-determination theory for like motivation stuff, motivation science. Um, that's kind of how I ended up here. And I, and I created a, a system that works for more people than the last system. <laughs> Incredible. And behavior science, talking my language. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and how, I guess I want to go back to like where where the meal plans came in because I, <laughs> I, I went through that stage as well. It's like as a dietitian yeah. and I was writing all these meal plans for national body transformation programs. And for years I had a successful business that was doing tailored meal plans yeah. and it worked for some, but for so yeah. many it didn't. And for even for those who it did work for, it would work for a little while, but then it, then it wouldn't. Um, so I was in like the same boat and that's where I, I also completely flipped my business and ventured down more of that intuitive eating path and and finding that middle ground between, okay, how do we tune into our body, but also understand nutrition as well, but then come back to what our needs are, which is where you, I believe, sit in that middle ground as well. Yeah. One of those brave practitioners that sit in that middle ground too. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're in this like messy middle, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. So what are the biggest challenges that you see f- that your clients face when they come, when they reach out to you? It's, it's those, it's those exact same things, right? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, uh, like no one ever says, Oh, I struggle with emotional eating. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they, what they say, it always shows up like, Hey, you know, like I just can't stop eating at night or I can't avoid the snacks in the break room or my boss has a candy jar on, on her desk. And like every time I pass it, I, you know, and so it's all some version of like stress eating or procrastination eating or tired eating or um or that like food reactivity like you see food and you want it. Yeah. And so it's like how do we how do we create some space where people can make an actual choice instead of just doing doing the automatic thing, right? For for most for most folks at some point um at some point food became the go-to way to manage stress or like a difficult emotion or difficult thought, maybe even a, even like an uncomfortable body sensation. Um, but like 
food went from being like, hey, this is a way that I could manage this to it's it's the automatic. It's always. Yeah. And being able to recognize that is huge and and know that that's okay as well, that food has become that that tool or um, that response as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it it, it works. The thing it is, it totally works. <laughs> yeah. And it's like that's similar to like alcohol or over-exercising as well or binge-watching TV. Like there are all these yeah. things that help numb or get us out of that uncomfortable feeling that we're feeling in that moment. And they're just coping strategies of how an individual may have learned to, like you said, respond to those body signals or those uncomfortable um, stresses. Yeah. Doom doom scrolling. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like there, there are so like there are so many. And um and that's uh that's 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 essentially the, the game that we're playing. Like the th- the thing about it working is actually a really important place to start because I always want to let people know like you're like you're not weird it's not just you this isn't like a strange thing to follow it's like it really like like of, of course it's easy it's delicious um and it it works as like a distraction and maybe even to like numb us out a little bit mm-hmm. um like it totally totally works and even that it's fine to keep doing like we're not trying to remove it completely it's just most people it would kind of fit who they want to be to do it a lot less mm-hmm. But um, but I've even had clients that used it strategically. I, I had a client who had a uh, a really big work deadline, and there were there were a lot of people counting counting on him, and um, there were there was so much on the line that he was like, you know what, I'm just gonna. He's he's like, I'm going to like purposely stress eat for this week and like get through it. And like deliver on this project and and show up for a lot of people. And then I'm gonna go back to working on not doing it. And it was, it was like that was clearly the values-based choice. And that's not what we typically think of as like being a choice that we could make, you know. So like like to me, that was like so high level, actually. That is such that's incredible self-awareness for him to be yeah. like, okay, I've got all these stresses coming up. I know I want to perform, like I want to do well in those things. And perhaps like stress eating this week is going to come into it. And I'm okay with that. Like that acceptance of like, this is yeah. what works for me. Um, yeah. It's not wrong or right. It's just, it is what it is. And that acceptance. Yeah. Um, let's go into that values-based um, yeah. approach because I absolutely love that you talk about this because I go into a lot of um, work around values when we talk about body image and connection to self. Um, yeah. And I actually saw a really interesting quote this morning when I was doing a bit of scrolling um, before I caught up with you. And I was like, trust the universe to pop this into my world <laughs> before we catch <laughs> up today. Um, and it says, the most effective way to change your habits is not to focus on what you want to achieve, but who you want to become. And it's by James Clear, Atomic Habits. Um, and James I think Clear is it, amazing. Yeah, amazing, amazing. <laughs> and I think it taps so well into like what you talk around values-based eating or practices. Yeah. So do you want to share more about that around what it is and and how to start looking at um, yeah. tapping mm-hmm. into your values around eating? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, from, a, from a self-determination uh, theory perspective, um, there are four levels of motivation that we have easy access to. There, there's actually six levels, but, um, but there's four that we've got access to changing. And um, the first one would be like reward and punishment, right? And that like works really well in the short term. And then it becomes like oppressive and annoying and and we hate it. Um, and then the next one uh, that's actually a little bit more self-determined, just a little bit, um, is guilt and contingent self-esteem. And this is where a lot of people pull from for uh, eating behavior change, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I feel guilty if I eat that, or I'll feel, or I'll feel like a good person if I eat that, you know, or I would feel good about myself if my body looked a certain way, or I'll feel guilty if my body looks a certain way, right? So, um, so that's kind of like the second level. The third level, we start getting into um, values or like values specific to a certain area of life. Or like goals derived from values, 
versus like derived from like trying to look good. Um, and then the fourth level, we get into like values that are like really integrated in every area of our life. So the, the first thing is just looking at where are we pulling from for, for motivation right now? And then um, can we add in a little bit of the more internal stuff that's a little bit more robust and um, like it's, it's, it, it sticks longer, right? It's more enduring, right? It's one of those things where like, if everything's about hitting the certain scale weight, which is very external and very much about like mm-hmm. looking good, then like a lot of people fall off when it's, if it goes poorly. Um, some people even fall off if it's going well. Mm. right? Like if it isn't like right in this perfect spot, then all of a sudden that as like a motivational tool or or like a decision-making tool isn't useful anymore, right? Mm. It's actually a hindrance. Whereas like our values, the kind of person we want to be, we still want to be that kind of person, whether things are going well or whether things are going poorly, right? Like if someone knows what kind of parent they want to be, they don't change what kind of parent they want to be if they have like a bad day with their kids, Mm. right? And and it's if if we can look at our, our eating behavior like that, like who do you want to be? Like that's kind of um it's a little more solid. And so that's the first place is we start looking at those four different levels and we start looking at like, hey, I'm pulling from here. Can I add in a little bit of the 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 values, like the um the more internal, like the more like the kind of person I want to be. And once we get clear about that kind of person we want to be, um then we can start looking at how do I use my values as a really concrete decision-making tool in day-to-day life today? That's what magic is. Amazing. Yeah. And that, that is where the magic is. Yeah. When you, yeah. And I, I see this shift as well in clients and when, when it, it's like that, that click that it is that magic little like aha moment where they're no longer relying on those external things. Like they use that knowledge and sometimes those cues to go off. Yeah. But it's really that internal decision-making process of like, if I'm going out for dinner tonight, what choice do I want to make based on the type of person I desire to be or who I am? Yeah. 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 And like, mm-hmm. I love to use the example of like, going out to dinner because like who are you going out to dinner with right exactly yeah you're like going out with some people right and and they might be people that matter to you and you might have a few different values and one of them might be connection right like connecting to other like hitting 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 a specific scale weight might not be the most important thing on that on that night that you're going out with your friend right you can also like so you can look at it from all the from these multiple different angles, and then you can figure out what actually fits um what's sort of like the intersection of all of those, right? In this moment in time and what Yeah. Yeah. Like in so this ma- present moment with these people around me, what is the goal of this experience? It is to connect with those people around me. Yeah. Um, it may be celebrating. Um and how, yeah, how can those those values show up in in my food choices as well in this moment? Yeah, I lo- yeah. I love that you said that specific moment because yeah. it could be totally different, right? Like, let's say your values are being um, conscientious, wise, and connected, right? So you might go out with your friends to a pizza place. And if you were on a diet, you'd say like everyone else would get pizza and you'd say like, oh, well, I'm the, um, I'm on a diet. I'm going to get a salad, right? It's like everyone else is eating pizza and you're eating salad. And like, you might still get to have this like great experience with your friends, but also like you're a little bit separated, right? Um, What if in that moment you could say like, oh, you know what? Being connected means I'm going to have some pizza with everyone else being wise or being conscientious means that I'm going to like notice when full and stop or like pay attention to the difference between like fullness and flavor enjoyment. So maybe I'm going to get myself like two or three slices and go like, I'm, I'm going to check in after two slices and see how I'm doing. 
Um, maybe you get two or three slices and you get a salad on the side, right? Like, like there's so many different things you could do that would be like conscientious while also still being connected. And the part that would be wise would be looking at like, um, how does that all fit together? Like, how, how am I can, you know, and then another time you could be going out to a, a really nice restaurant and you could order something that's actually like really delicious, but also like fairly balanced and eat with your friends. Right. And so, um, incredible explanation. Yeah. <laughs> and like, that doesn't fit diet world, right? That doesn't mm. fit rules. That doesn't fit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The ability to be able to make a choice in that moment, um, based on the experiencing your, you desire, because every yeah. moment we desire a potentially different experience with different people, yes. different yeah. reasons why we're there. So to be able to, call in our values and and make a decision from that place um is really powerful stuff and helps yeah. that's that look that that's that long-term sustainability in these in these choices it's not like yeah. oh, for six weeks i'm eating this thing and i'm not going out with my friends and i'm not doing this and that's potentially not being the person who you want to be it's going against your values yes exactly <laughs> exactly right yeah. Like trying to hit this goal, you're like being not the kind of person you want to be. That's terrible, mm. right? Like there's mm. such like a conflict there. Um, and I do see that like sometimes at times these challenges or programs, like we're talking like fitness programs, can be motivating on a level to get yeah. things started. But I love how you just touched on there around the motivation types and the levels. Yeah. And I see that they can trigger that initial motivation, but I think for them to be sustained, those habits to be sustained long-term, they then need to be tied into that values-based approach. Yeah. 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 So like in the same way that we talk about like different foods aren't good or bad, mm. we can talk about that like different levels of motivation aren't good or bad, mm. right? Reward, like they're like, uh, I I, <laughs> I have a lot of feelings about reward and punishment. Um, yeah. But share like, them, share them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, um, I mean, like pun punishment doesn't work very well, yeah. right? Un under under any circumstances, rewards can work. Um, I mean, I, I th there there are very few situations. I can't think of a situation related to fitness where punishment would 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 make sense. Mm -hmm. um, reward is kind of fraught, also because it only lasts as long as like the rewards keep coming in. You know, um, guilt and guilt and contingent self esteem, even still being externally motivated, I think are actually a big step beyond reward and punishment. Um, like guilt and, and you know like from like a like a functional account of emotions like guilt is is about like redressing a wrong and kind of like returning to the kind of person like so like the, the only thing about guilt is it's just like it just doesn't last very long and it, it doesn't correlate with well-being really no. highly no. right it's very low on the consciousness levels yeah <laughs> yeah and like contingent self-esteem like that's that doesn't feel great for very long either. Like that's one of those things where like I've seen people do really well, I've, especially before I got into this. I, I saw people be very quote unquote successful, um, pulling entirely from contingent self esteem, and it, it's just exhausting. Mm -hmm. It's like exhaust. Like even if it works, even if you get whatever fitness goal or or scale weight or what body fat, whatever it was you, you wanted that makes you feel okay about yourself, then all of a sudden you're in this like exhausting grind of having to maintain it mm -hmm. so that you don't feel bad or less than, or, you know, like the, like one up, one down in your social higher, like it's, um, it's exhaust, even when mm -hmm. it works, it's exhausting. Yeah. It's, it's like you're const constantly running from that acceptance pace, right? Um, yeah. And I feel from like a body image perspective as well and, and a behavior perspective, relationship with self, everything, is yeah. that um, that acceptance piece really allows like to, true beauty to come through as well. Like the beauty of yeah. life, the beauty of your body changing, the beauty of 
Um, you making mistakes and learning new things, trying different eating styles, fitness styles, like, and learning from that and then them not being the be all and end all. Like, I think when you come from this place of, when you get there, that place of acceptance of I'm okay as I am right now. And yeah, I may want to shift and step into this, um, different version of me who's more aligned to my values, but I'm going to do it from a place of I already accept where I am right now and who I am um, rather than tapping into what you're saying is to those that con- contingency self-esteem, like when I get there, then I'll then I'll be enough or I'm yeah. going to do it for guilt um, or to punish myself for not being enough right now. What totally jumped out about me in what you were just talking about was how much more alive it mm. sounded, like how much more like energized like just how much more engaged in life you could be Yes. if you could make mistakes, if you had some like body, like variability, if, um, if you could try new things and it wouldn't be, it, there's just so much flexibility, like allows for like so much more of a dynamic life and to have different priorities at different times and mm-hmm. to allow for illness, to allow for schedule changes to like, it's it's just so much more dynamic. Mm. You and, know? and yeah, let's I think what it also allows us to do, I love this conversation with you. <laughs> I know that's so cool. <laughs> We're I could do this all day. Um <laughs> I feel like when you come from a values-based perspective and you start shifting into this eternal like because it's an internal way of doing things, yeah. is it allows you to shift out of like all those societal norms as well and the messaging yeah. we get around like we should be exercising X amount of days. We should be, um, by the time we're 30, we should be here. We should be doing this. So it allows you to make decisions. Um, not only initially it might just be for your nutrition and your health or your fitness, but then that grows into you making decisions internally for yourself around what your life looks like and and that, that joy yeah. and fulfillment from there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which like a lot, a lot of times clients are like, hey, this is pretty cool. Can I use this for can I use this for other stuff? Yes, yeah. you totally can. You actually could. Um, or or the or the flip side is also true, which is which is like I've had clients that are like, oh, I actually make values-based decisions in these other areas of my life all the time. And I never it like it just never occurred to me to apply it to, you know, apply to eating. Yeah. 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 Because I think eating, like nutrition is one of those things where well, I guess we get a lot of messages thrown at us, right? But nutrition seems to be that one thing yeah. um, where if you're not doing it properly, it's like you're you're almost failing at it. Or like people feel like clients come yeah. in and like, I just can't do anything right. Um, yeah. And that's when we're, we're, they're leaning on those external measures to tell them what is right or wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And you were like, so you were talking about that, like the rules. Mm. Right. Like, like, like I've, I've got to be here or I've got to eat like this, or I've got it like pass fail according to this, you know, and it, it's also rigid and it's also well marketed. Mm. Right. It's also like, there's, there's some really charismatic diet gurus that are really like mm. present really compelling cases for why, why everything should be totally pass fail. Um, and, uh, and so it, it makes sense that we're walking around with those kinds of like built-in rules. And then those, those like diet rules and those body rules are interacting with rule, the rules that we sort of like connected up in other areas of our life. Like, oh, to be, to be liked, to be yeah. successful, to be uh, like a good person, you know, like it all starts to intersect in these really, really heavy ways, right? Um, yeah. to belong. Yeah, it's big. Yeah, to belong. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's where we. I mean, it's part of me wants to get into like relational frame theory and like humans <laughs> yeah, learn. Could. Humans learn to connect up abstract concepts, whether we want to or not. So, <laughs> we could dive so deep right now, but <laughs> <laughs> into so many theories. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, so yeah, let's go back. Let's go to something practical. Yeah. Um, And and it's an example that you um, mentioned before. So around like emotional eating and like the stress eating. 
Um, and a really good example you said is like when you're at work and you there's like that lolly jar yeah. there or something and you just you can't walk past it. Yeah. What would be your advice to someone um, who was in that situation? Yeah. So, um, so like the food in the break room or the candy mm-hmm. jar or whatever, that like, like 2 p.m., 3 p.m. Like I'm just, I'm, I feel like a, I just need something. Yeah. That pick me yeah. up kind of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we want to take a step back. Like we want to do some perspective taking, mm. right? Um, the first thing we want to do is pause. I like to have people pause for 10 minutes before making a decision like that. Um, totally arbitrary number, right? Ten, I think there's <laughs> nothing about 10 minutes. Um, but it's enough time to check in and it's enough time to put like a gap in between the wanting and the choosing, mm. right? Because a lot, like that when, when we talk about mindless eating. Right? Oh, it to- so, totally is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the the thing is that I let them know, especially um, in the beginning, like the first thing is like, we don't care if you eat it or not afterwards. Right now, part of the practice is just, I call that a guideline, that is just practicing the guideline of pausing 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. If you pause 10 minutes, whatever you do afterwards is great. You're just practicing like, hey, can I put a little delay in in between wanting and having? That's amazing. Just right there, right? Then we can start filling that with skills, Right. Mm-hmm. And like one of the skills could be uh, checking about hunger. Can I check in with my stomach? So I check in, like check in with my stomach. Like, do I feel an empty, hollow feeling, or do I feel full, or do I feel nothing at all? Right. Um, check in with: Am I hungry for a balanced meal, or do I just want the specific treat? Right. There might be some information there. Right. Mm-hmm. If I pause ten minutes, does it? grow right like like usually hungry will uh, usually hunger will continue to build right um if it kind of stays the same or even if it fades maybe or if i for, if i forget sometimes clients are like then i forgot then you probably weren't that hungry you know there probably wasn't real hunger so first we can check in just like basic fullness stuff you know and and you, you could even like zoom out if you, that's kind of like zooming in if you want to zoom out you could look at like where is this in, in relation to my last meal, right? Is this two hours after lunch? Was lunch balanced? You know, how long have I got till dinner? Um, that gives us some information also, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can, and then you're like, okay, I'm not hungry. Like I'm for sure not hungry. And I so totally want it. And I can't stop thinking about it. What do I do? Um, they've got all these thoughts like I should have it or I shouldn't have it. Like maybe like that whole back and forth and like, ah, I deserve it. And like today's, How's today has been? Um, so that's when we do some perspective taking on that, right? Mm. We might take a step back and say, like, hey, can you take that first thought? And instead of engaging with it like it's true or not true, can you just watch it like it was on TV or like someone else is saying it? Can you just notice that? And then can you check in with your body again, right? Like, we already checked in with your stomach, but can you check in with the rest of your body? What's going on? Mm. Are you tired are you are you kind of up are you kind of agitated are you like are you tense in your shoulder like what's Mm -hmm. going on how's your breathing you know and then we can check in with um with like oh do you have do you have like an impulse to do anything else like do you want to like do you want to doom scroll do you want to like are you having trouble working you know like what what do you want to do um are there any feelings you can put some words around right you're like, oh, actually, I'm kind of anxious about this. Or, yeah. or you know what? Like, I'm procrastinating this thing. Or did I get an email that just triggered me or stressed me out? Or, yeah, is there a yeah. timeline coming up? And then you're procrastinating to me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, like, like that, I'll call it zooming out again. Like, yeah. what's going on? Did I feel agitated in my body? And I'm kind of anxious. And I'm having this thought, like, I need to get... I need to get up out of here and grab this thing and I deserve it. And my coworker mm. sucks. And, you know, <laughs> and then we can start looking at like, Hey, you know, like what's the next thought? And can you let that just be there? And when you let that thought be there, then what do you feel in your body? Like, what do you feel in your body when you're just kind of letting that thought be there without doing anything about it? And I'm like, I'm like, where do you feel that? And can you make some space for that? And then can you actually take a step back from that urge to go get the 
go get the muffin or whatever? Can you actually just like let that urge just kind of be in your orbit for a little while? Mm. You know? And then and then inside of this like willingness to sit with that stuff just for a few minutes, right? That's where we get some wiggle room. Mm. And in that wiggle room where we're already where we're already willing to sit with it right? Where it doesn't need to be fixed. You're like, oh, that's uncomfortable. That sucks. But I'm going to sit with it for a minute, a few minutes in that, in that willingness. Um, that's where we can check in with our values and go, you know, what is the wise choice right now? And people listening, like if you hear about values, sometimes it seems like kind of amorphous, but when, when my clients and, and even with myself and, and, Everyone I know, you know, like when they, when you actually stop and and ask yourself, like, what's the wise choice right here? Mm. It's usually pretty clear what is towards wise and what's away from wise, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. And you're able to make that decision, like, you know what, this muffin, just because I'm procrastinating this thing, isn't the wise choice. But maybe you know what, I'll go for a little walk around the office, and then I'll come back and I'll get to work, and that's what that's what's wise. Or on the flip side, because we're talking about like different situations, yeah. you're like, oh, you know, you know what? They brought in my absolute favorite chocolate chip cookies in the entire world for my bakery. They like catered a chocolate chip cookie, like afternoon, like wonderfulness. And you know what? It does fit my values to go get that chocolate chip cookie. It's my favorite thing ever. Like this is amazing, right? Mm. So yeah, so but usually two, it's like yeah, yeah, two different situations, but um. Again, the values and the and the thought behind it, and sitting with those uncomfortable, like get, have, creating that space and like that yeah. mindfulness to actually sit in that. I'm for a lot of people could be an uncomfortable wait, right? Just that space for, um, for everyone. Everyone, I'm going to say everyone. I, I almost did say everyone initially, and I was like, "Yeah, we're human. It's kind of everyone. We are. We are." program like our brains yeah. are wired to protect us from sitting in like uncomfortable situations yeah. it wants a yeah. reaction it wants that fight <laughs> yeah. or flight response which is where we develop behaviors like um having the afternoon wine or going, yeah. going for the 3 p.m sugar hit um yeah yeah, yeah. um so i'm i'm thinking there there will be quite a, f- a few listeners and i see you who are listening um thinking i don't even know how to create that space uh like are there any practices because i certainly recommend things like journaling and meditation and are there any things practices that you encourage your clients to include that's that enables them to kind of get comfortable in that uncomfortable space (laughs) um you mentioned journaling uh I actually, if someone's really struggling, so two things, if someone's really struggling with this, which everyone struggles with yes. in the beginning, this is, this is like, this is a big ask. There's also like in the, in the world of quote eating skills that I teach people, this is the most advanced, this is the mm. hardest one. This is, this is not, this, this actually isn't where we start. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's the most important, but it, it's the hardest. Um, and so we want to start small. And so um, there are a couple different ways to start small. One is um, on like a scale of one to 10, we start off with like a three or a four, not a 10. We start off with using this with something that's annoying, not with something that's devastating. Yes. Right? Yeah. Someone's like, my house burned down and I had trouble using it. And I'm like, no, just like handle, handle, go, go have handle the, the response. house. Yeah. Have the reaction yeah. that you, that is valid yeah. for that. Um, yeah. So we start off with things that are just like annoying, right? Mm-hmm. Like s- small things. Um, and then the next thing is we only do a couple minutes, yep. right? And at the end of that couple minutes, they can do whatever they want. They can go eat the thing. They can like they can make their own choice after that. It's like the practice is just like just do a couple minutes and just and just see if it's tough to do a couple minutes, which it all, always is. Um, a lot of times we start off journaling. We start mm-hmm. off writing it down, right? It's a lot easier to do writing it down. Um, one, writing it down gives us something really concrete to do, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing is writing it down creates a little bit of space already. 
we had a little bit like the same way that like if we talk about our problems with a friend, we get a little bit of space, like just in that conversation, we can get a little bit of space just writing. That mm. works too. Um, those would be the biggest things. If someone meditates already, um, then I will, uh, then we'll talk about like, Hey, you know, these things you've been practicing meditating, like the, the way you've been noticing or, or like the deep breathing, um, can you bring that in, in those moments, mm-hmm. right? Can you use that, that skill you've already developed? Something like, uh, taking a few deep breaths yeah, or even doing a couple minutes of breathing is great. Um, and from, from my, from my perspective, mm-hmm. I also want to make sure that they're not coming into that, like, oh, I'm going to do this deep breathing and then I'm going to feel so much better mm-hmm. that it'll be easy to do the thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, we're going to do some deep breathing and that'll make it a little bit better. <laughs> but it's, it's not going to fix it, right? The, mm-hmm. the whole game we're playing is like, what does it look like to act in line with my values even without fixing my internal state? So. Mm-hmm. And building that that muscle, right, of being able to to sit in it and yeah. and not want to just push it to the side or numb it out or um yeah and build that resilient that yeah that muscle yeah and that's that practice yeah yeah and like building that muscle it helps to have had a lot of conversations about values already and what matters to people in people's lives and how you know like like i say words like conscientiousness and wisdom and connection but like having people get really clear about what that actually looks like in, that, in their lives and why that matters and that kind of life that they want to live that kind of person that they want to be is the only reason why it would be worth it to sit with feelings for a few minutes yeah right and I think you just said something really important there, which is a step that I always ensure my clients do when we talk about values is define what that word or that value means for you because yeah. connection for me could be very different to what connection looks like for you. Yeah. Um, and even though we may have similar values to our, to someone, even our like partners or best friends, the way we actually show up or perceive that value to show up could be so yeah. different. Um, yeah. yeah. So it's identify what you're like, get interested in identifying what your values are, but then make sure you define them for, for what they actually mean to you, because then yeah. you have the, and write that down. Like I encourage clients Absolutely. to write down that definition and keep it somewhere where you can look at it. Um, and know again, that internal choice then around what yeah. that alignment looks like for you. Yeah. And that, that writing it down, that clarifying it mm. actually does make it easier when you're in the moment, you know, cause you've got kind of like a reference point, you know, yeah. and you, and you start to collect like instances where you're like, Oh, this decision right here actually was towards my values. And that, that, you know, you like just the, the more we can clarify it in terms of um, decisions, mm. right? Like that kind of person I want to make, uh, I want to be makes decisions like this you know definitely definitely oh so so good <laughs> um so i'm just like i don't want to wrap this up but i'm like conscious of how long i know this is this is great why yeah. why have we hung out before <laughs> why have we taken like almost two years to have this conversation i feel yeah. like there's going to be more conversations after this it's just I'm episode for, yeah. episode one for us right <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah um so you are an author, um, which is yeah. incredible. That that inspires me. Um, is there a book that you typically recommend um, your clients read? You can definitely recommend your own. I would. Too. <laughs> um, um, is there? So you've like we've we've touched on um, Atomic Habits by James Clear. Yeah, um, amazing. Is there like a book that you typically would be like your go-to to recommend to someone? Yeah, I, I, I do. <laughs> I do always recommend my book. Yes. Um, just because, uh, I mean, I mean, well, that's why I wrote it, right? Like, like, I, like I, I thought it would make a difference. Um, if people are interested in, in eating skills and, um, how contextual behavioral science, like how, how some, some really cutting edge research can impact, like how they make, um, choices in the moment about their eating. It's a cool book to read. Um, I also always recommend uh, The Happiness Trap 
by Ooh, Dr. Russ Harris. That is a great one. Right. It's mm. um it's such a great uh it's such an it's so it's so readable and useful. And it's a it's a it's a it's a quick, easy read that gives you a lot of access to how to work with um how to work with emotions, right? Yeah. yeah. Love it, love it, love it. And then um if people want to go deeper, um Dr. Aprilia West wrote uh um what we feel is not all there is. And it is amazing. Really? It is, it is, it is a really, really, really deep dive on um on that same thing, on how to uh get some perspective and and mindfulness around emotions and be with um emotions at, at really difficult times. Um super, super useful. Incredible. And, um, I might have to check that one out too. <laughs> oh yeah, you would you would love it. You would totally love it. Um, and, um, all, all these books are, uh, based on solid evidence, um, have a lot of citations really solidly researched. Um, if, that's, so if people are nerds, they'll like it. That's what, oh, I'm a fellow nerd. <laughs> that's what I love about your work as well is that it's so like behavior science based. It's so evidence based and, um, it was so interesting on my journey going from just studying dietetics to then doing the PhD in behavior science and really understanding behavior on such a different level. And I, I'm similar to you. I just wish, I wish everyone could know this, like understand how we make decisions, why we make decisions, our, our emotions and how they affect our, our decisions and our bodies or like nervous system response. Um, so yeah. I love that you are so behavior focused like that and psychology focused, um, because it's, it's evidence-based and it's, it's stuff that's, that works and it's true. Yeah. Yeah. And it like, it, it works and there's like, there's a ton of research that's come out really, really just in the last 10 years. Mm. I, 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 I should say a lot of the contextual behavioral science stuff, um, there's been research for like 40 years, but like, like the application to eating behavior has really blown up in the last 10 years. And I think a lot of people still don't know. Mm. Like, 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 a lot of, like it's kind of flying under the radar. You're not broken or failing if you can't stick to a plan that wasn't actually written for you. Like it that doesn't yeah. take into account the human element. Like we, we can't keep doing things that don't take into account the humanness of us. Like we are human. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and, and like, like, like you just said, like it wasn't written for you. Like so many different diet things are written by people who like changing nutrition is the easiest thing for them in the world. Mm. Like they got into it cause they were super, super, super good at it. Mm. And now they're like professional, you know, like, like it's like their entire career is based on them doing that. And that's just like such a small slice of the population, you know, like that's, no one that hire, no one that I know, no one that hires me. Not even the coaches I know, right? Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so one more question before you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm as we mentioned, I'm all about self reflection. Um, yeah. So based on our conversation today, is there one prompt or one question we can have a few if you like <laughs> that you would encourage encourage the listeners to to ponder on after listening to this episode? Absolutely. I would have, um, I would have everyone take a food that is challenging for them. And that could be challenging either because they just love it and can't resist it. And like, don't, don't know how to eat. Like it would fit their values to eat eat it less often or less of it. And they don't don't know how, or challenging because, um, they were told that it's bad and wrong and they've got like all this like diet, all these like diet rules in their head and they, you know, and, and they, they don't know how to, how to have it at all mm. without being, you know, off their diet or, or whatever. So take a food that's challenging that you're like, you know what, it would fit my values to have a little bit more flexibility with this. And, um, well for, okay. So, um, two, two parts, two parts. part one, <laughs> Part one, you need to clarify your values, right? Which is a which is a big ask. Maybe Google values list. Maybe Google Brene Brown's values list. Um, maybe look at the values list in my book. Do, do you have a values I can, list? I was going to say, I can attach one to this episode. I'll put one in the notes. Yeah. Okay, okay cool. So look at the values list <laughs> in the notes. I'll help you out here. <laughs> um, that'll be like a good jumping off place. You can, you can pick some of those. Or if you pick your own, I just want you to think about it in terms of like a character strength. Mm. 
Mm. Like a thing that you can be, not an outcome, right? Not a place to get to, not a goal, but also not like a standard or an ideal, like a character strength, like wise, playful, connected. Um, conscientious, I already used that one. Um, That's so wow. powerful, that um, that perspective shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because mm. I, so so the thing is, if, if you get a standard or an ideal or, or an outcome or a goal, it's going to be too rigid for this to work. Mm-hmm. So, um, so get, get a couple values, two or three tops, right. And, and not like you're stuck with these forever, but like, if you've got three, that's enough that you can remember and actually use in decision-making. If people have 20, they never remember them. Right. <laughs> um, so get a few values and get kind of a sense of what that looks like. And then take this food, take this food that you, um, that's kind of challenging. And I want you to think about one situation I want you to come up with one situation where it fits your values to eat that and one situation where it doesn't fit your values to eat that. Same food, but you can start looking at like, hey, instead of a rule about a food, Mm. what does it look like to have different situations where it would would fit the kind of person I want to be to eat it here and it it wouldn't fit to eat it here, right? Incredible. And um, you can do that like – if you, after you get one or two, you you can do like two or three situations. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you've got like a real concrete, like you're like, oh, I know how to use this in decision making and I can actually do this. Maybe I don't need a rule, of, rule about food. <laughs> Maybe I don't need a rule about foods. Mm-hmm. I can actually really clearly make decisions for my values. So it's no longer the food is just in or out. Mm-hmm. It's like these are decisions where aligned to my values I, I want to consume the food and I, I will. And then these are ones that potentially don't align with my values of when I would choose not to. Oh, yeah. that's so good. <laughs> and so, and, the, and so like the concrete evidence, like the concrete list um, of your own examples of your own lived yeah. experience examples just adds more like power to this because they're not, it's not a list that's handed to you. Like you create this. Exactly. Mm. Oh, incredible. Incredible. <laughs> so is there anything else you want to add before we sign off and then let people know where they can find you and how they can work with you as well? Um, uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I think that's great. Um, so you can find me at uh, joshhillis.com. Um, I'm super active on Instagram. Um, so at Joshua Hillis. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I've got a program called Eating Skills. Uh, which uh, obviously like we've been talking about eating skills this whole time. So um, I've got, I've got an online program where, um, uh, where I coach people where there's, there's a a 20 lesson program, but also I coach people every week on it and everyone gets individual feedback. Um, And I do one-on-one coaching also. Incredible. Thank you so much. And for everyone listening, I'll also tag um, where to find Josh in the show notes as well. So you can't miss him. And thank you so much, Josh, for being here, um, finally making this happen. I I don't believe this will be our last. I think there will be more to come. <laughs> we should do it um, again, yeah. Um, and thank you so much. Very grateful for the time. Yeah, this was so much fun. This was, this was so cool. Uh, I feel like I should start a podcast so that I can interview you <laughs> next time. <laughs> you could be a co-host and we could flip it yeah okay that'd be great (laughs) no definitely happening again and enjoy your evening it would be what almost 8 p.m there now yeah 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 yeah. going into 1 p.m here have a lovely day (laughs) you too take care